you know, particularly when we first came here and we might have just landed from Mars or something, the way that people looked at us. Uh, so, we, you know, we were genuinely uh, trying to put it over forcefully and the complacency that was in music at, at that time, which is not to say that it's got any better, it's mm -hmm. not getting any better at all, you know. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, that was just the way we felt at that time. And uh, as we've gone on about, well, what is it, it seems like years. Uh, I just want to present a wider picture now, so it inevitably you get some people going and say you sold out and you've gone mellow. God knows. <laughs> and um, I don't think that at all, I'm just trying to present a more complete picture because uh, you have 20 years to write your first album and you have six months to write your second one. You know, so uh, I just want to present a more complete picture of a uh, person. And this is our sidetrack episode for the week. You're listening to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. Did you just sneeze, Travis? Yes. Was that a sneeze? Yes, it was. Man, you just fucked me up, bro. It's all right. <laughs> my name's Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me. Last week, we covered Spoon's third studio album girls can tell which came out in 2001 and this week we thought we'd dive into some elvis costello uh which apparently uh one of costello's albums was a major influence on brit daniel uh during the songwriting and recording process of girls can tell so travis i don't know about you but i never really got into elvis costello did you yeah, I mean, I've listened to to some of his stuff off of his first album, um, this year's model came out in '78. That's his second album, bro. bro. Uh, Get your Costello facts straight. Not according to Spotify, my source of truth. <laughs> no, his first album came out in 1977. It's called "My Aim Is True." Okay. Um, well, one thing that I remember that I always remember about him was that he was banned from playing on Saturday Night Live. Do you know this story? So I just briefly kind of dove into some interviews with him uh, just a couple hours ago for this sidetrack episode. Um, I They had mentioned the SNL incident, but they didn't go any farther than it being an incident. So obviously it was something that everyone knew about at the time, but I don't know what happened. It's a badass moment, dude. So basically they're on SNL. It's 1977. So I guess it's before they released this year's model. And um, they were instructed by Columbia Records to play uh, their new single, Less Than Zero. And this was this was his American debut. Like, as far as, like, live TV performance, this was their yeah. American debut. And he starts playing that song for about 10 seconds. And then, like, Costello just kind of stops in the middle of it and turns around and, like, yells to his backing band, The Attractions, and then yeah. they start playing Radio Radio, which is a protest song against sanitized media that they hadn't even released Fuck yet. yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so, um, and, th and that that song was on uh, 
this year's model. So they hadn't even released that song yet. So basically they were like, you know, fuck you. We're going to play whatever song we want, you know? Yeah. And then, and then like the, That's pretty the, sweet. The, 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 um, their performance got like, got can't, they went to commercial. Wow. But, uh, and then they were, I think they were banned for like, I don't know, a decade or something. Maybe, maybe longer than that, but they, I mean, they've, they've since played SNL after that, but I mean, that, that's a badass moment, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And radio, radio is a killer See? song too, dude. It's awesome. They yeah, they were way yeah, like ahead of their time, which we'll, which we'll discuss. So you keep saying they, um, yeah. And so Elvis Costello, uh, kind of put together his, like a personal backing band that he kind of pulled people together specifically for this band uh and they go by the attractions um and they yeah they are an english backing band for elvis costello um yeah and i think i think that album that you mentioned uh that you, that you thought was his first album uh this year's model was the first time that they popped up on a on a record for elvis costello um and the album that we're covering today is called get happy and they are the backing band for that album. Uh, the reason that we're going to dive into this record is, uh, if you remember on our on our episode from last week, uh, when we covered Spoons, Girls Can Tell, Britt Daniel had a major influence from Elvis Costello, particularly this album. Um, uh, but the reason why, I mean, is... is Partly because of his girlfriend at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. His girlfriend at the time, uh, her name is Eleanor Friedberger. Uh, Brett Daniels' girlfriend in 98. Uh, they were living in Chicago together at the time. And uh, he remembers listening to Elvis Costello's Get Happy on cassette tape uh, back then. And it had a major influence on um, his decision to use the vibraphone and the mellotron. In Girls Can Tell. And um, we mentioned the Kinks as well as being a major influence for him at the time. Also, here's something I didn't know about Mr. Costello. Uh, and I guess it's a good thing that I didn't know about it. Because this is something that that he worried was going to basically just follow him and his career for the rest of his days. Um, he had a, let's just say, racial... Kerfluffle? Is that a word? Uh, sure. Why not? Kerfluff, okay. Kerfluffle? Ker, kerfluffle? Um, we should look that up. I'm going to look it up, dude. That is a peanut butter fluffed up marshmallow. What? You're actually right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Kerfluffle. A disturbance or hubbub. There you go. That's perfect, man. Um, he had a racial kerfluffle. Uh, did during you, oh, the 1970... Did you say Rachel? Racial. Racial. Okay. I thought yeah, you meant like... Racial kerfluffle. Because I, I know he was on Friends, that one episode. <laughs> I thought you meant like he had a Rachel... Oh, yeah, you're right. Like a Rachel oh, kerfluffle God, or dude. something. No, no. I, no. A racial kerfluffle. Um, during his 1979 tour in the U.S. Um, so, I don't want to get way, way into it. But apparently he was touring with Stephen Stills and Stephen Stills' band. As in Crosby, Stills, and Nash, 
Steven oh, Stills. Oh, that's a throwback. We're throwing it back to, to episode, episode whatever. Uh, seven? Two, six or seven, yeah. Um, and so apparently Costello was getting a little drunk with one of the members of Steven Stills' band after their show in Ohio, uh, Columbus. And, um, man, there's a lot to this story, dude. I don't know Just what to give me the Give me the line tell notes, you. you know? Okay, well... Uh, I guess, I guess uh, Elvis, and so this guy's name is Bonnie Bramlett. He was one of the members of the Stephen Stills band. Um, they just weren't meshing well together. Let's just put it that way. And they were drunk. Um, and Costello suddenly, just out of nowhere, just denounces Ray Charles uh, and other American black music. Uh, of the time he denounces Ray Charles as a blind ignorant inward I won't say it uh, he said <laughs> he said pretty much the same about James Brown uh, I said Brown well did he have any um, did he have any basis for the ignorant part of the statement no listen he so he apparently he attacks the stupidity of American black music in particular um, and American music in general. So, let's keep in mind here. Costello is not from America. He's he's from Europe. Yeah, but I mean, uh, if he's I mean he's he's talking about like blues music. I I mean yeah I guess so dude. Um, Ray, Ray Ray Charles and who? So, and James Brown. Oh, um, just what? How how, American, how the fuck can you popular American music in general? Listen. Here's what it comes. Here's what it boils down to, man. Okay, so I'm pulling this from a an interview that he did with Rolling Stone magazine um, back in uh, 1982. Um, so a few years after this Get Happy record was released. So again, this incident happened in 1979. Here's how he. So he he basically. So another thing with Costello. He is not one for the spotlight. He, him, and his band went out of their way to avoid interviews, and pretty much they avoided the media as much as they could. Not exactly sure why, but that's just what they did. Um, and he, so he sat down with this interview for Rolling Stone, um, and you know the interviewer kind of presses him on about this whole incident, and he says, "Here's what it was about." I said the most outrageous thing that I could possibly say to them that I knew in my drunken logic would anger them more than anything else. Um, so who knows, dude? Ba- basically, he said something really stupid, and he admits to it being really, really stupid. Uh, and from that point on, you know, uh, it, you know, the incident quickly made the papers, uh, and then there was something about it in People magazine, and then the whole thing resulted in a New York press conference, uh, Costello's first real face-to-face encounter with journalists since 1977, basically since since he hit the scene. Since the SNL thing, um, probably. Yeah, he, right. That's probably what it's talking about. Um, so uh, apparently he tries to explain himself during this uh, encounter with the journalists, 
And uh, according to both Costello and those who questioned him, he failed miserably during this encounter where he tried to explain himself. So basically he was too, he was too drunk in a bar, said some really dumb things that he immediately regrets. Um, and that's something that haunted his career for quite a few years after that. The reason I bring all this up um, is so here's the thing about this record that we're covering today. Again, it's called Get Happy. Um, and this is a record that, um, according to a lot of people, uh, was the first of Costello's um, experiments with genres beyond those with which is ordinarily associated with Costello and his band. So it marks a distinct change in mood from the angry, frustrated tone of his first three albums to a more upbeat, happy manner. That's one thing I didn't know about Costello. I didn't know that he was ever known for his angry, frustrated tone. Did you? No, I mean, that's definitely not what you associate with him. That's That just shows how, how little we know about Elvis Costello, dude. Because apparently his first three albums are quite... Uh, angry in tone i didn't know that i guess pr- well maybe i mean more you know so he, he's lyrics. a you know he starts out as a punk a punk rock outfit you know what i mean like he starts right, as punk right. so i mean that's no that's no surprise right but yeah he, i mean he's so he's super diverse you know and like really i think they were really ahead of their time him yeah and, and his group you know as far as the sound that they had back then especially if you listen to uh pump it up or radio radio on uh, this year's model like that's shit like you could put that out today and it would be a hit yeah yeah so think about it um this album get happy comes out this is their his next release after this this uh racial curve level and um one thing that costello says in this interview um, so, so get happy is our version of a Motown album is what he says. And he's, he is saying, quote, I had the feeling people were reading my mind, but what could I do? Hold up a sign that read, I really like black people. Huh? Okay. Hold on. I was about to ask I mean, you, did that come out? This album came out after the incident? Yes. Okay. The incident happens in 1979 during his tour of the U.S. Uh, This album, Get Happy, comes out in 1980. So, the next year. And, um, let's pull it all back to Spoon. I find it interesting that Britt Daniel um, gets influence from this, this album in particular, from Elvis Costello. This album being... Costello's first quote-unquote happy record and the resulting Spoon album, Girls Can Tell, is their first quote-unquote mellow record, you know? Mm, Okay. I see how you did that. (laughs) Yeah, you like that? Um, So, I mean, I can see his frustration. Yeah, he fucked up royally. Um, 
and apparently he had um he was kind of well known for his temperament and his anger these are all things i didn't know about him about costello no i think i've heard, um, i've heard that he's got a, he's got a quick temper i mean i've heard that yeah yeah and so you know this incident happens in columbus ohio um and then his next record is called Get Happy, and it's super upbeat, and it's you know it's basically a, a love record. It's 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 you know pretty much all the songs are about young love and all that fun stuff. So um, let's play let's play a, a, a track from this album. Um, and we were texting back and forth earlier today. We were both listening to this album, I guess, at the same time across the coast and uh and we we both landed on on one song in particular um you can really hear the influence that he had on Britt daniel um yeah i mean he must have been he must have been a fan of costello well before he was introduced to this album because i feel like his voice uh he borrows a lot from Costello with with the way he phrases things and like the way he his the style of his his voice you know his vocal harmonies and stuff yeah yeah I know and the way that too. you know just the kind of like the just the subtle like you know tweak on his vocals and stuff that he does throughout a verse or something yeah Costello uh, was oftentimes compared to Bob Dylan in his super clever lyrics. Um, another thing I didn't know about Costello. Basically, this is just making me want to dive into to some of his records, dude. I, I mean, he's like got a, he's got a huge a catalog, dude. Yeah, yeah. Start with the start yes. with the start with this year's model, dude. That's got some great stuff on it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the out the. So the track that we're gonna play for y'all, I, I'm just gonna play the whole song. It's less than two minutes long. Um. Again, this is on his uh, album Get Happy, which came out in 1980. Um, This song is called Secondary Modern. Um, Probably my favorite one on the record, dude. I listened to it all the way through um, before we started this this recording. Uh, There's something about this one, yeah. I really like it a lot. All right, so here is Secondary Modern. Nobody 
What a perfect little pop song. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of it's kind of like, uh, you know, as far as the vocal stylings, like it's it's more along the line of like when Brit Daniel does, especially on Girls Can Tell, like the more his kind of somber, uh, more slow singing, like quieter singing voice. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like it sounds a lot yeah. like uh, Chicago at night. The way he sings yeah. on that song. In fact, we should play a clip from that. Okay. Yeah, dude. Let's just close out with girls with uh, Chicago at night. I was gonna do another song from from Get Happy, but let's just close out with with Chicago at night. Yeah, I mean, here's here, here's the thing. I mean, it's not that it's not that the songs necessarily sound the same. So just want to put that out there. But the his his voice sounds very similar to. Uh, Elvis Costello's in the in the in song. that song in particular. Yeah. If you listen to the rest of Get Happy, I mean, of course he's a lot more. Yeah, he's all he's all over the place. Yeah, but that but that he I think, really is all over the place. Yeah, his, right. Um, his vocal approach, really, I guess. Um, yeah, and you know, listening to to Secondary Modern, it's it's this it's the same thing that I enjoy when listening to Brit Daniel. Um, you know, he uses his voice, uh, to kind of set the mood, you know, um, like, like in this, the, in that Costello song, he's, I mean, he's just, you know, it, it, he's singing, but it's, he's not really, um, belting out a tune, you know, he's just kind of, you know, being really chill, <laughs> chill about it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, it's just, he, he's just almost not whispering, but you know, it's just very subtle. It's it's definitely a more, um, like a low profile tune, you know what I mean? But yeah, I just think it's, it's funny that, I mean, it just goes to show how much influence this album really did have on, on Brett Daniel. Um, you know, cause it, it, with interviews, uh, around the time of Girls Can Tell, Britt Daniel says, yeah, you know, I was listening to a lot of Motown records and, you know, I realized that there was this uh, style of music that I hadn't tapped into yet that I love listening to, you know, and then this is Elvis Costello's first quote unquote Motown record, you know, according to critics. So, you know, it's obviously Costello had a huge influence, probably more so than the Kinks at the time, even oh, yeah. though Britt Daniel's Daniel was saying that he was listening to a ton of kinks. Well, the thing the is, like, I mean, he, you know, he also, I mean, Jim, Jim Eno had mentioned that he was listening to Marvin Gaye, too, you know? So he was just, you know, right. I feel like he was going through, like, an exploration, like, you know what I mean? Like, he was going through a, uh, he, you know, as we've said over and over again, like, he was dumped, they were dumped from Electra Records, and... You know, that was kind of there in like a funk, you know what I mean? So he was probably on like a quest, you know what I mean? Like a musical quest. Right, he's like, and like all right. Exploration so phase, you know. Regardless of the circumstances that led to us getting dropped from Electra, um, let's try something different. You know? Yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, uh, I'm guessing that, that, that getting dumped by the record label like allowed him to kind of explore a little bit and, and maybe responsible for like, spoon becoming spoon you know what i mean because like think about it dude if, you, if you're on a major record label and you have a successful record on that label you're probably not going to change anything you know what i mean yeah you, you, yeah, you're right, you might yeah. not 
you might not uh, change change your sound at all, you know. So I mean, like you know, I would I would think that that getting dumped may have had a, a positive effect on the band as a whole, you know, like. So, let's just say it, dude. We have Ron Lafitte to thank for Spoon. I, yeah, I think that's probably that's probably accurate. <laughs> we do. That's probably accurate, yeah. man. And that's the last. You know what? That's the last time we're gonna mention Ron Lafitte's name on this. Yeah, podcast. I know, right? Let's just say. Like it I said, now. I think we we've talked about him ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know who Ron Lafitte is, jump back a few episodes and listen to our um, our episode on Spoon's album uh, a series of sneaks we talk about him quite a bit in that episode um and you know what dude i think that's going to do it for us today i think we've i think we've done done this episode justice yeah i think so awesome and hey you know um, what maybe so we'll maybe we'll do a full-length episode on on elvis costello one day i think he definitely yeah is worth uh, further we're gonna run out of things to talk about pretty soon here. And we got lots of stuff to cover, dude. Yeah, and speaking of things we're gonna cover, I'm really excited about our next full length episode. It's gonna be on Interpol's album from who knows when it came out. Turn on the bright. Two thousand two, probably. Two thousand two. Man, we're sure we sure are diving into the early aughts, my friend. This is when we were getting into That's, music, dude. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's fine. Who cares, right? Um, so we're going to do Interpol's Turn on the Bright Lights. And then after our sidetrack. So, and then our sidetrack after that one is going to come out. And then we're going to do another Spoon episode on uh, Kill the Moonlight. And I don't know if we've got, if we we were this far out as far as on our schedule. But we need we need to do something uh, something old school, dude. After after Kill the Moonlight. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. We'll figure it out. All right. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to hop onto our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can read our show notes for each episode. You can stream our uh, episodes directly from soundcloud there also please subscribe to us on itunes and pretty much anywhere that you can listen to podcasts we should be there Um, and also why don't you give us a little rating maybe give us a comment or two Uh, even if you hate us let us know about it we want to hear from you um all right so let's play this episode out with uh Spoon's Chicago at Night, which came out on their album Girls Can Tell. Uh, That's going to do it for us today. My name is Quentin. And my name is Travis. We're going to talk to you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.